you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the NFL Power Rankings podcast presented by Energizer. I'm Dan Hansis. My lovely co-host, Colleen Wolf, hey. also here. What's up, Connie Fox? You know, the rain. That's what's happening hey right now. It was really difficult to drive here. I know every other part of the country deals with mm-hmm. rain, but we don't really in right. Los Angeles. And I didn't even realize that my windshield wipers could go as fast as they went on the way here. So, yeah. Well, that's good. That's what's happening. That's good that they're functional. We were Before we started, we were talking about what's some good rainy day music. Mm-hmm. And I played Creep by Radiohead, and then you came off the top turnbuckle with Stay by Lisa Loeb. Such a good one. I think <laughs> we came of age in the 90s based on the choices. No one knows what these songs are now. Mm-hmm. No one. Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm great. Feeling good, feeling strong. Season's over, regular season. Man, I feel like we've reached some type of finish line, even though nothing is over yet. But, no. I mean, for a lot of teams, season's over, but... I mean, this has been a while in the making, so I feel like this is a big milestone. Can I tell you about the existential crisis uh, regarding the power rings that I have every year around this time on Sunday <laughs> let's, night? Let's map it out. What's going Sunday on? Sunday night comes, and uh, obviously once Sunday night football this year was Lions and Packers is through, there are 14 teams that are still alive. There are 18 teams that are done. Mm-hmm. They do not play another game until next September. Right. In my mind, I struggle with the idea of the power rankings because to not play another game, isn't that to be powerless on some level? Yeah, but different teams have different types of power at different times during the season. So True. just because some of these teams end the season with more power doesn't mean that they have less power when you turn around just because they're not playing. I don't anymore. think any of that made any sense. What do you mean? I, like I'm thinking yes. about I'm thinking about okay, the ahead. Lions. Let because, me try again to process that. Okay. Go. So the Lions at different parts in the season, they had different types of power. So yes. they were struggling <laughs> at certain points, but yes. they end with uh, seemingly a lot of power. Right. And just because the power they're of not X-ray Riz, uh, X-ray vision, the power of super hearing, yeah. power of flight, time travel, time travel, whatever you want. Yes. So just because they're not going to continue having power in games in the playoffs right. doesn't mean that they should be dinged for it. Okay. And that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. What I did, I, I conferred uh, with my colleague Greg Rosenthal while we were in the film room watching Sunday Night Football. I said, mm-hmm. what, what do you think on this? Like, And he made a point that that helped me, and I thanked him for it. Although I'll never tell him. Okay. No, I did tell him. He said, consider the last um, show, the last power rankings of the regular season, whether the teams made the playoffs, didn't make. It's like a, a final snapshot of where the league was mm-hmm. at that time. And that's why the Detroit Lions, par exemple, mm-hmm. are in the top 10 of the power rankings. You always say it's not the power standings. How about that? So why don't we take 
a look at the top ten. I would love that. First quadrant. Listen, we've only been doing this 18 weeks. (laughs) It's not the top ten. We look at the top eight. Uh, no changes. Whoa, that has Whoa. not happened all year. And you might think old Zeuser just mailed it in, but Niners one, Bills two, Bengals three, Chiefs four, Eagles five, Cowboys six, Chargers seven, Jags eight. No change, and that has not happened all year. I think some of Pretty that stunning. Comes in, I think some of that comes into play with how kind of wonky Week 18 is in general. Yeah. Not a lot to play for in a lot of cases. So I'm not going to make any big judgments. I, Especially this high. It is interesting, too, because even when you look at the rest of your rankings, teams only moved a little bit throughout the rest. But this top block, one through eight, nobody moved even a little. I find that really interesting the final week of the season. There's one team that did give me some serious pause about whether I should move them, and mm-hmm. we're going to get to them in a second. But why don't we start at the very top? Okay. I have, as I said, the Niners at number one. Speaking of Greg Rosenthal, we've been kind of going back and forth a little bit um, where he's saying, well, if I were doing the power rankings, I would have the three AFC superpowers, one, two, three, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, in some mm-hmm. order. I don't know what his order would be, but that's my order. Um, here's part of the reason why I have Niners number one. Well, A, they've won 10 games in a row. Yeah. B, they're beastly in all phases of the game with great coaching. C, Brock Purdy is a GD revelation at quarterback who's <laughs> made them happened? better, not just held the fourth down, their third-string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant has made their offense even better. And for Connie, and perhaps most importantly, and this is not to disrespect your Eagles, I think they have the clearest path to get to Phoenix and the Super Bowl. Glendale, well, excuse me, people of Arizona. The, the Niners, they're such a well-rounded team. They have so much talent. The team is built to win, and they have momentum, which is the most important thing this time of year for any team, no matter what. So... You have to wonder about Brock Purdy, though, in the playoffs. Like, yes, it has been good so far, and they've been able to figure out ways to make the offense work well because they have playmakers like Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. But will things change once Purdy gets into the spotlight? Like, no rookie starting quarterback has ever made it to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. Rookie quarterbacks, they struggle in the playoffs traditionally, but... This Niners team never feels like a traditional Niners team. And I feel like everything really changed for this team when they traded for Christian McCaffrey. When that happened in October. Save their season. Everything really seemed to go up a notch for them. So you have this defense led by D'Amico Ryans, which is so nasty, so good with Nick Bosa going all over the place. And the fact now that they get the Seahawks to play, which that pass rush just shut down Geno Smith both times that they played Mm. this year. So I'm not sure how they're going to be able to do anything because you can't you can't really run on the Niners. And then when you add in that pass rush going up against Geno, it's just I, I mean, this looks like such a clear path. And then there's no one else that's really dominant in the NFC right now. No one's playing great, even if they have good pieces. Yeah, why don't we hit the Eagles since we're here? Because the Eagles I have at number five. Connie, they were in the number one spot for several weeks consecutively in November into December. And this doesn't mean that I don't believe that the Eagles can still be. They are the number one seed, after all. They're the team that has home field advantage without mm-hmm. the playoffs. It's just, and as an Eagles fan, Connie, When's the last time we saw the Eagles in full flight where you felt good about them? I mean, I guess the le- before Jalen Hurts got hurt, but even then they were playing without Dallas Goddard and they were trying to make things happen in different ways. And now when you have Lane Johnson, 
hopefully he's going to be back and healthy. And this team just absolutely needs a bye with all of the injuries that they're dealing with. But yeah. it's not an easy watch right now. It's it's nerve wracking to watch them do what they did, especially against this Giants team that was resting so many starters. Like, and then you have. That third quarter interception by Jalen Hurts, which was just a horrendous decision, didn't need to happen. The offense could not execute in the red zone at all. And Hurts kind of looked a little rusty, so I'm glad he had this start. But aside from the little quick hits that they had, I mean, there were... There were some issues, and there's a lot of things that they have to work on. The run defense is an issue as well. I I have a lot of concerns about the team. Yeah, you could feel that. You could sense that, that the Eagles fans are a little worried that this team peaked. We'll see. It it is a very good, perfect uh, setup where they get the bye and kind of reset themselves before getting um, an opponent in their building in the divisional playoffs. Obviously, they played a conservative game plan Run uh, the ball to more. get by the Giants. Uh, you didn't see Jalen Hurts playing in the way he was playing earlier in the season when he was healthy. I did think it was a little bit of a red flag to me that Nick Sirianni came out and said after the game, I know he was hurting, and he was hurting bad. It was like, how do we know? To, if that was his status after two weeks off, how do we know now he's going to be himself again two weeks from now? Yeah, and then why have him drop back and pass 42 times if they know that he's hurting, hurting bad? bad was an inter- They were up 16 nothing at half. The Giants, you know, give him credit for their backups fighting. Perhaps there was a different way to play that. Where else do we want to go in the top eight? Kinda? Okay, so, I mean, we could go a lot of different places, but I think that let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the Bills because the Bills game, first of all, was so emotional yeah. with everything coming back for the first time after DeMar Hamlin and thankfully the good news with him Keeps continuing to progress. That made things, I think, a lot easier for everyone. But uh, Naheem Hines, what? Very cool. Hines time. I love it. This has got to be a thing. I mean, are you kidding me? Two different kick returns. Build for a, a statue. And then you have it like the last time that they had a kick return for a touchdown three years and three months ago. And DeMar's number three. The players are holding up threes. Everything is seemingly going great. I love the Josh Allen touchdown to John Brown, too. John Brown, I mean, welcome back to the squad. They're bringing Mm -hmm. everybody back. Cole Beasley, John Brown. But I have some concerns as well. I feel like I have issues with almost every single team. And for the Bills... (laughs) I'm worried about the Josh Allen red zone interceptions. All right. Like, there have been so many. They keep coming. And it was against a good Patriots defense this week. But Josh Allen was a little up and down. And their defense, you know, can get them out of jams. And they have so many playmakers on offense to help them with that. But the drop issues from the pass catchers, too, are not doing them any favors either. All right. I'm not worried, really. I, if anything, coming out of the game, I'd be like, uh, Buffalo's defense was a little shaky there against mm-hmm. the Pats offense. It was pretty bad for most of the year. But that was also kind of a weird, strange, emotional, um, unique setup that entire day. Um, and they took care of business, got the win. I feel good about their chances. I mean, I feel – I know the Chiefs have the top seed, the bye. Mm-hmm. I have them behind the Bills and Bengals just because I, I like those teams a little bit more. But you could definitely make a case for any of those three – AFC teams. I mean, let's be honest, Kyle. Yeah. You look at um, the rest. Can we look at the second quadrant while we're here? Um, you look at the rest of uh, the contenders here. Um, the Chargers at seven. Mm-hmm. Jaguars at eight uh, in the AFC. The Ravens I have at 14. 
Yeah. Well, uh, who knows what the quarterback situation is there? Yeah, and perhaps one of those three teams I just mentioned um, goes ahead and and knocks off one of those Titans and and is in the AFC title game. But it does. It wouldn't be stunning if any one of those three teams, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, is not representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Oh, I I would be completely shocked. Those three teams feel like they're destined to get there, to get far. I mean, when you look, there is a huge drop-off after the Chiefs for sure in the AFC. I mean, you go to the Chargers, and I wonder who's going to come out of that game between the Chargers and the Jags because the Jags took that first matchup in the regular season, but that came after Justin Herbert had got hit in the ribs on that Thursday night game. That was his first game back. They didn't have Keenan Allen in that game. But the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals – they're all so close, I think, in terms of talent. Like, do you feel like anyone really is that much further ahead than the other? No. Uh, the only thing you could say is that the Bills beat the Chiefs in week six mm-hmm. at Arrowhead. The Bengals, of course, beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead in the AFC title game. And, oh, yes, if the Bills and Chiefs play in the AFC title game, it will be at a neutral, neutral. site connected to the Hamlet situation. So, yeah, I, I think it's a toss-up, though. Uh, and before we take a break... Let's head back to the NFC and, and and talk about the Cowboys because yes. my one thought when I obviously didn't make any changes in the top eight from last week, the only one I thought about was the Cowboys dropping them, and maybe I even had the lines too low. Maybe the like are the lines a a worse team than the Cowboys right now? I'm not so sure about that. So <laughs> I kept the Cowboys at six, but there are there are considerable reasons for concern. Uh, you talked about it with Josh Allen, Connie, uh, with the red zone interceptions, which have been a kind of a bugaboo for him this year. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, you know, he threw he, what should have been a pick six uh, against the commanders on Sunday. And then the very next pass threw a pick six. Uh, and that is not the first time. That's a third pick six in four weeks. Wow. And in general, he has been careless with the ball at times. I'm worried about both sides of the Dallas experience right now. Yeah, 15 picks in just 12 games. I feel like Dak has been kind of forcing a lot of throws since he came back from the thumb injury. And even though this team is putting up points since he's been back and everything else, I feel like their third down percentage is pretty good, but not in this game at all. I think they had how many? There were a ton of three and outs for them, right? They no-showed. Yeah, they I, had I, 10 three and outs in this game. And that that was a game that it turned out it didn't matter. But at the time when it was being played, it did matter. And they played like a team that didn't care and wasn't invested. And you could say, yeah, they'll turn and flip the switch on Monday night against the Bucks. But, like, first of all, the Cowboys haven't won a road playoff game in 30 years. Mm. Um, two, they have a extended track record of – gagging in the playoffs mm-hmm. in the Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott era. And I don't trust this team to flip the switch. I just don't. Even against the Bucks. Because you know what? The Bucks have been disappointing. They're the only team in the playoffs with a losing team with a losing record. But you also know that there's a chance that the Brady-Mike Evans thing could turn well, on. Especially after Sunday. And couldn't you, couldn't you, oh, Connie, can't you uh, picture it right now, early second quarter, Bucks 17, Dallas 3. Well, yeah. Can't you see that? Yes, because I think the Bucks are this like sneaky, frisky, spoiler team that no one believes in. And honestly, watching the Cowboys struggle was the only thing that made me feel better about the Eagles not putting the Giants away this week. So like, do I have Dallas too high? Should they be 
like lower should they be? You think they should be closer to the Bucks? I would imagine. I have the Bucks all the way down to fifteen, just because they've given us a lot of a lot of evidence that they're not very good either. Yeah, like I, a lot. I, I, of course, I'm going to say that you should drop the Cowboys. You should drop the Cowboys down to 32. 33. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yes. All right. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, listen. Before we take a break here, 49ers, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles. The two Super Bowl teams. They're in there, right? Mm-hmm. No. No. No, because we always <laughs> think that, and then there's Where a team the that comes out of nowhere, like Cincinnati last year. And after the break, maybe we'll figure out who that could be. Mm. Whether it's this year or maybe even talking about next year. Okay. Yeah. Start talking about next year too soon. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back to Power Rankings. Connie is going to tell you officially oh, the second quadrant. Amazing, teams That's nine to so sixteen. Great at number nine, we have the Lions above some playoff teams here. I love that mm-hmm. uh, above the Vikings, who are at ten in their division. And the people of Minneapolis and the surrounding territories are totally cool with that. They hate you. <laughs> <laughs> the Sorry, Giants guys. at eleven, up two spots, and then the Packers at twelve, down three, missing the playoffs thanks to those Lions. You got the Steelers at thirteen. Up one. They missed the playoffs too, and I'm really sad about it. At 14, the Ravens Are down two spots. I am because I really wanted to see the line. I, you know what? I have now a thing with <laughs> Pittsburgh after being there. Christmas ah, Eve. Ah, like, I okay. am very impressionable that way. You know what? You're right. 14. I'm sorry I doubted Are the Ravens. I have no idea what's going on with Lamar Jackson there. 15, Uh the Buccaneers in the playoffs. They had no movement last week. And then the same with the Seahawks at 16. I'm really sorry that I questioned your sincerity. I can't believe you would do that. That was a bad job by me. I like Mike Tomlin. I did too. I like Like seeing him see the scores, like knowing what's going to happen, that they have no shot now. I just didn't like it for him. You know, it was the peak, my favorite moment of the Steelers season. This will be the last time we talk about the Steelers, although we didn't really talk about it much all year, Um, is when Kenny Pickett threw the go-ahead touchdown pass against the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, and Pickett came back to the sideline, and his coach looked right at him and said, Kenny bleeping Pickett. I love it. Yes. See, they're fun. Uh, you know, the Vikings are number 10. Okay. The Vikings are 13 and 4. And I wrote about this in the Power Rankings write-up on NFL.com, which you can check out, at NFL.com slash Power Rankings. All the hand-wringing about the Vikings, it could, it could cease. It doesn't matter anymore because you could take them seriously like – you typically would a 13 and 4 division winner you could completely disregard them as a team that is not close to what their record indicates that they've had a f- kind of fluky season go ahead do that too none of it matters because the good thing about the playoffs Connie is that it it shakes out the pretenders from the contenders and if the vikings really are a team that wasn't that good there's a good chance they get knocked off by the giants this weekend 
And if they end up winning a couple playoff games, yeah. that could happen too. It, there's no need to talk anymore about overrated, underrated. Now it's time. Because it's a new beginning. It's a reset. This is a fresh season now, the playoffs right. for them. And we waited all season long for them to lose these games that they just kept winning. So now at this point, it's like, okay, maybe the Vikings are just the most resilient team in the entire NFL. Right. And maybe they end up winning it all this way. Some cri- like Maybe it's just divine intervention. But I don't really believe that. I thought that Kirk Cousins looked good in this last game. He was really dialed in in that first half against a bad Bears defense. But still, that's a nice way to warm up before going into the playoffs. Will we see that Kirk Cousins in the playoffs, though? Will we see him like that against the Giants? There's always that question about which version of Kirk shows up in a big spot. <laughs> right. Now, you remember, Connie, very early in the season, Kirk in primetime against the Eagles. And I had literally never Rough. seen him look worse. And if they got by the Giants, and they, they'll be a favorite, not a big favorite, but a favorite to beat the Giants, that's when it's going to get really interesting because then they'll get, you know, I don't know what it'd be, what it, whether it's the Eagles or the Niners, but a big-time Super Bowl contender. As far mm-hmm. as the Giants go, it's already the season's already a, a victory. I mean, the the fact that they a team that entered the season and I I don't know where I had them in the power rankings, but I can almost guarantee you it was in the bottom five or around that. Um, the they were twenty eight. I'm being told. Wow. I drew the super producer behind the glass. So quick. He is. I mean, he's a stud. This guy. This guy over here with the quick trigger over here. Um, <laughs> that tells you the story of a success story because you would have thought that this team would be more likely to have the number one overall pick uh, in the draft than make the playoffs. So they're here, and it's house money, and that's why I think, again, we already knew this was probably going to be a close game. Knowing the Giants going to go in there loose and also rested after they didn't play any of their starters mm-hmm. in Week 18, I think you have a – I think I like the Giants in the game. They just played the Vikings on Christmas Eve, and that was such a close game. Again, I think they I mean, lost they on like a, what, like a 60-yard field goal or something absurd? 61-yard field now. goal. And when, as soon as Greg Joseph lined up, I was like, it's fine. It's a wrap. Of course he's going to make this because that's what the Vikings do that's in these games. Do. But for the Giants, their first playoff berth since 2016, and this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Like, this was not what they were. Honestly, it reminds me sort of of where the Eagles were last year. Not that the Eagles were rebuilding completely last year, but right. the Eagles with Nick Sirianni and his first season there. It was a year to sort of get everything together and figure out where you are and what you need and they ended up in the playoffs playing the Bucks, which did not go great but still house money still for a building them. block yeah same with the Giants yep. and they're getting healthier too with a Dory Jackson coming back their top quarterback cornerback you have Xavier McKinney coming back too from the hand injury their safety so their secondary is getting better as well and I, I expect Daniel Jones played the best game of his career in the last Giants game that actually mattered the week 17 he had four total touchdowns he threw the ball very well in Minnesota on Christmas Eve. I think he'll do that again. That will be that's a that's my upset of the week. I think the Giants knock off the Vikings. So yes, Ooh. I guess I'm still doubting the Vikings. But guess what? They could tell me and all those other doubters to shove it. You know what? By taking care of business. Dan, you're consistent. And that's why people keep coming back to your power rankings. Oh. I thought you meant like like I'm a consistent like a hole. I thought that's what you were saying. You are consistent. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, time now for Power Moves presented by Energizer. Let's take a look at the highest ranking non-playoff teams, Connie. Okay. Uh, we talked about – well, we will talk about the Lions. I, you want to talk about a we personal journey. We keep talking about the Lions. Connie, you and I had a personal journey with the Lions. They finished number nine. I've been doing the Power Rankings for – 
four years. I was going to say 40 years. Um, <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah. Um, and there was never a team that made the did not make the playoffs to finish in the top 10 until these Lions. The Packers at 12. Very disappointing way to end their season. Laying another egg at Lambeau Field in January. How many times has that happened? The Steelers, as we talked about, at 13. Panthers at 18. Pats at 19. That's just middle of the pack teams. Right. But yeah. let's focus on the Lions there because – you know, we covered them in the on the Hard Knocks podcast, which would be fun to revisit actually now yeah. after everything that happened in this really wild uh, nine and eight season. And I think my favorite part of it all, uh, Connie, and we played it on around the NFL um, on Sunday night, Jamal Williams, who we oh we God. talked about it. He won uh, MVP of the of the week multiple times on our. Hard Knocks podcast, and it, it jumped out to us like this guy is quite a character. Like he's kind of out there, even to the point I remember saying, "Like, is this guy a little too much?" And then he scores eighteen touchdowns, uh-huh. breaking Barry Sanders' all-time team record, Amazing. and then has one of the great um, post-game interviews ever. And now we get to see Jamal and the Lions build on this next year. Jamal Williams, I mean, that interview alone, he just showed so much range, I thought. Really went from one end of the spectrum to the other. And that's sort of been the season for the Lions as a whole. They started, they stumbled, and we watched them grow as a cohesive unit. Like, Dan, I feel like the Lions are like our children. And we watched them <laughs> learn how to walk and then drive. And now, like, look at them. Number nine in the power rankings. I mean, Jared Goff was just such a surprise this season. Um, I hope his merch brand at this point is just blowing up uh, the one that he had that we learned about in Hard Knocks. But he proved himself, I think, way more than a play uh, than, than a placeholder in Detroit. And they have some things to figure out this offseason. But I'm just happy that this ended with the, them knocking the Packers out of it if they couldn't get in themselves. And now Dan Campbell will return and all of us will have another year at least of him. And there will be expectations that they didn't have this year, but that's okay too because they took the next step as an organization. You want to watch Jamal Williams, his postgame? Yes. All right, let's watch it. Okay. This is fun. Stop playing us, man. We We the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked their, pick the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I got to say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. There's all dog around this mug. <laughs> I love that guy. And what you didn't see there, what you didn't hear there, was even better. Like, literally two seconds before he yeah. went into that, he was crying, emotional about a grandparent or a great-grandparent. His gran- yeah, his grandfather. Um, that he's very close with. Um and he just pivoted and then went into that. I mean, what a character. Emotional guy. Love him. Love him. Um, all right. You have anything to say on the Packers? I don't I, I don't mean, really, honestly. Uh, I'm kind of exhausted by the Packers and Christian and, Watson is good for them in sure. the future. That's great. They're, they'll be they'll be fine next year if Aaron Rodgers is back. But I, I choose to disengage from the Aaron Rodgers drama, at least at this time. Yeah. Um all right. Before we say goodbye, Connie. I'm curious which teams you see making a big jump, not saying during next season. We're not going to get that crazy and look too far into the crystal ball. But what we can do is you know how much can change uh, just through free agency, through the draft, through trades in the offseason. When you look at some teams that are in the bottom half of the power rankings, who do you see as one that you – we could be talking at the first power rankings episode next summer – this team is ready to make a big 
I kind of surge. I kind of can't believe that I'm going to do this to myself again because I spent Uh-oh. all last off season. Oh, no. Don't do it on this Don't do train, it. and I'm going to take another <laughs> ride on the train again because. <laughs> The Broncos just really, really fell apart from the very beginning. You and could so say that. If number twenty-seven able to get a head coach in there that can really maximize the talent on the roster and avoid some of these backbreaking injuries that they had and bring it all well, together. Well, the coach because won't be able defense, to do that. Like, well, uh, that's what I mean. Separately yeah. and avoid yeah. some of those. That's just luck. But the defense played their minds off in, in mm-hmm. this season, and you have. You just have so much talent. Like from the very beginning, you had Tim Patrick going down, who was supposed to play a big role in the wide receiver room, and and you just had so many things that didn't go their way, and they just looked so bad. Like yeah. it was a really terrible season for them. But I, I guess <laughs> my question to you is: so you you imagine then? I'm I'm guessing here that they're going to get hire a head coach that's a smart hire, mm-hmm. and then make some obviously additions to the roster. And then Russell Wilson, people will talk themselves into Russell Wilson having a big bounce back here. That that's where you're coming from in this. Yeah, I I, I think I'm gonna try and talk myself into it because honestly, like the the obvious uh, team here are the Bears. Like they have the number one overall pick. They have yeah, so much cap the space. They have a hundred million dollars in cap space, forty million more than anyone else in the league. So with that type of money and those type of draft resources you could trade down because you already have a quarterback you don't need to pick number one overall there and you can get a ton of other assets I mean it's it's hard to believe and I'm still I was stunned uh, talking about it on Sunday night on on the other podcast like how how the Houston Texans uh, and showing the disconnect between the organizational big picture and the players on the field just playing a final football game of the season how much that could affect the trajectory of both organizations, the Texans dropping out of the number one spot mm-hmm. and the Bears falling into it when they have a quarterback they believe in, which gives them uh, the potential to A, take anybody in the draft that they're in love with, or more likely now, trade that number one pick to a, a QB desperate team and have a bounty, the type of draft bounty that if you handle it right, and I'm going to talk about a team that handled their draft bounty right uh, this past draft, um, you could change the organization. So I'll pivot to the Jets. You know, oh, you got to do a little Joe Douglas talk? Joe Douglas. Now, the Jets obviously ended the season terribly, um, but it was a season that was wrecked by the quarterback position uh, and a lot of offensive line uh, issues. Um, and I think the Jets are going to be a team that a lot of people are going to be, and I'm already uncomfortable about this as a uh, forever Jets fan, a lot of people are going to be in on the Jets next August. Mm-hmm. Mark my words, because they will get a quarterback that people know, and that quarterback could be Derek Carr, maybe it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe yeah, but Zach Wilson is going to make his life hell in practice. Oh, I'm That's sure. What I said, yeah. Um, it could be Matthew Stafford. Hell, could be Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you never know. All I know is the Jets are going to make a big splash and have a quarterback, and then people are going to look at um, an improved quarterback situation. They'll probably use a first-round pick or something on an offensive lineman and, and, and get healthier in that position. The defense is already one of the best in the league. Douglas nailed the 22 draft with Garrett Wilson, who could be the offensive rookie of the year potentially. Sauce Gardner is almost certainly the de- defensive rookie of the year. Brees Hall could have been the offensive rookie mm-hmm. of the year before he blew out his knee, uh, the star running back. So that's what the Bears can do a draft like that. They're cooking. The Jets could be a team that everyone sees as a favorite 
in the AFC East potentially. I, I'm going to go that far if they get a big-time quarterback. That's really Buzzy. interesting, Buzzy. too, with Joe Douglas having ties with Baltimore in his past before he was in Philly with mm. Lamar Jackson. I don't know if their time together there coincided, but you do have to think about Brees Hall coming back and Elijah Vera Tucker coming back mm-hmm. and all of the issues that they had on the offensive line this year. Like, this is a team that they had such a good draft. Like, they really did. Garrett Wilson is, like, such a playmaker for them. And he's, he's going to be one. so good for years yeah. to come. Like, that, you should be happy about it. I am. I mean, it's hard. A Jets fan is struggling through the last six weeks of this year, but also if they if they have another solid offseason, this team will be locked and loaded and ready to make a run last year. One more team that sucked me in all through the year. What? And annoyed me. Because every time I kind of put myself out there for them in the power rankings, they killed me, the Raiders. The Raiders. And I think um, I'm, they're moving on from Derek Carr, and they could kind of scapegoat him a little bit in my mind uh, is what, the, what they've done here, when I don't think it's necessarily the quarterback that's holding the team back. But if that Josh McDaniels-Tom Brady reunion oh. is real, and it just feels like Tom – after three years in Tampa, post-divorce, looking for the next challenge in his going career. Going to Vegas. Going to Vegas just kind of feels like you could connect the dots a little bit there. It's like, okay, that makes sense. And I'm not saying Tom Brady entering his age 46 season is a guy that you, you pencil in for the Super Bowl. But also, he still, he still would be an improvement over Carr. And I think a lot of people, uh, including even me doing the power rankings, would be like, okay, I'm going to jump them up about 10 spots and and put them in the wild card uh, race and maybe even can challenge the Chiefs. And I think Devontae Adams would be happy, would be fine if they said Tom Brady was going to come in there. But you have to wonder what players think, especially wide receivers at this point, looking at Tom Brady. Of course, he's the GOAT, but at 45, what is he going to be, 46 next year? Mm -hmm. Like, that feels like maybe you're pushing it a bit. But maybe. But we've doubted that man for a decade I now. I I think the other thing about the Raiders, it was the strangest season I really can ever remember for a team uh, in terms of they had the leading rusher in the league, Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. who's a, scheduled to be a free agent. They want to bring him back, and he said he wants to be back. But he had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Devontae Adams uh, had a monster first year there, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, Max Crosby is on the short list of the best defensive uh, linemen in the league. And you have Darren Waller, who's been banged up, but is one of the most dynamic tight ends in the league, the highest paid tight end in the league. There is talent there, and now they just need to put it together. Pressure on Josh McDaniels. All right. What else? Anything else we want to talk about? You know, it's just it's just nice to be back here on the Power Rankings. It's good test, to be back. We took know? a week off last week. It was obviously a, a pretty uh, – sensitive, tough heavy, week for the league week. after the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation. Uh, but, you know, I, I miss this, Connie. And um, this will be our last look of 32 teams for a few weeks. Yeah, what's this going to be moving forward? Okay, now? so here's the breakdown. Since this is my first year doing power rankings. I don't okay. know. We say goodbye to 18 teams on the power rankings effective now. Okay, like a Viking funeral. We Viking funeral. So next week's power rankings post wild card weekend will be a top fourteen. Then it will become a top something. Love you do that. the math. Uh-huh. Then a Go top ahead. four, yeah. uh-huh. and then we disappear. <laughs> and then we'll come back after the Super Bowl with a, a full thirty-two look again. Then we're done. Okay. All right. Till next week. Thank you for listening. Heed the call. NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.